Exodus Applied will be the journey we take this year. Uh, and I say this year because it's going to fill up three semesters. And uh, we're going to go all the way. There's 40 chapters. A couple of those, several of those chapters we're going to divide in half. But uh, we're going to have a whole year of the book of Exodus. And we're going to, during the sermon segment, we're going to make application to each chapter. And today, guess what? We're in chapter one. Those of you who are part of the School of Biblical Studies, or you're just studying on your own, here are five questions that you can have. You can screenshot that if you want. Those are the things we are going to cover as we move through this application to Exodus chapter 1. Got it? All right, here we go. Exodus 1 is a really cool chapter, and it provides a lot of information for you and I as far as uh, things that we can use in our own life today. Ancient book, but we can use today to change us and to make us better people. And that's what we've been trying to do as we move through each chapter. Uh, we just finished Genesis. Now we're in the book of Exodus. But that being said, I'm only going to really draw out one verse uh, from Exodus chapter 1 that I think really kind of summarizes what's going to take place. Exodus chapter 1 is all about the enslavement of God's people, Israel. And as you look at verse 8, you find the reason for this is because there was a a new king that came to the throne. Now, there arose a new king of, over Egypt, and he did not know Joseph. The, the title of this particular sermon, by way of making application to Exodus chapter 1, when new and know disconnect. When the new guy doesn't know about the old guy. And so I want to I talk about the, the principles of appreciating those older than we are. Those who have gone ahead. Now, let me say as I open this up, though, I think it's important for us to recognize that there are those who have walked the path well. Those are the ones we are encouraged to follow. There are many who have not walked the path well. Those are ones we are encouraged to learn from but don't follow. And what we're going to talk about in our lesson today is three examples of those that we need to follow. Well, I take that back. Number two, we don't want to follow. But uh, the one and the three... Uh, we, we do want to follow. The first one is Jeremiah, my favorite prophet in the Old Testament. <clears throat> Jeremiah chapter 6 and verse 16, Thus says the Lord, Stand by the roads and look and ask for the ancient paths. This sounds almost like that, uh, is it Robert Frost? Which one was the guy who did the uh, I Come to a Fork in the Road poem? <laughs> I, can't, I can't even quote it now, but it sounds a lot like that, doesn't it? Stand by the roads and look and ask for the ancient paths where the good way is, and walk in it, and find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk in it. The first point that I would give you, as far as advice from the ancients, is this. You need to follow the ancients. Uh, growing up in the mountains of Pennsylvania, I, I spent a lot of time in the woods, hunting and whatever it may be. <clears throat> and there's a lot of deer trails through the woods. And that was often the path that I would take because the deer had already taken it <clears throat> and they had worn down the brush and all of that kind of thing. And so it was kind of a clearing through there. We need to realize <clears throat> that there have been those who have gone ahead of us and they've cleared a path. And we are told to look for the ancient paths. For whatever reason, it seemed like the, the younger generation, they always want to blaze their own trail. And so while you're trying to stay on the path that goes like this, they're thinking, well, if we just cut straight through, we'll save time. Problem is they get caught in the thickets and they, they go down into the ravines and they because they're they're not following the ancient paths. In fact, many of the roads today, especially along a river or something like that, if you'll watch, some of them are windy like this because they're following the river. And there will be attempts 
and sometimes they accomplish it, attempts by bringing in heavy equipment to make big roads that straighten that out and that kind of a thing. But you know, at the end of the day, even though they've been able to do that, it took a massive effort to get that done. And by the time it's done, you've lost the real impact and the beauty of driving along the river, haven't you? Look for the ancient paths. The first piece of advice that we get from the ancients is follow us. Now, according to Jeremiah, and if you read the tragic book of Jeremiah, you know that they didn't. But according to the book of Jeremiah, they don't follow. Jeremiah says, look, <clears throat> stand there at the crossroads, stand there among the roads, and then pick out the one that is traveled by the ancients. The ones that the ancients have, have blazed that trail and they've cut that into the forest. So that's the trail that you need to follow. And if you do that, you're going to find rest. But they said, we'll not walk in it. I, I can't help but see the present context of America in this lesson and perhaps other countries, because I know i got a lot of folks around the world who are watching this. Maybe you're even your own country. You can see the newer generation thinking, that, oh, but it'd be so good to go that direction or this direction. We, new term, sort of, for us, woke. We've got this woke generation. They think that they're all awakened, that they've come to some grand realization. And so now they're going to, they're going to take these new paths that, by the way, in America today, I can tell you, over the last four or five years has ended in nothing less than tragedy. Take the ancient paths. That's why I'm so big on talking about home church. And I can't, I just can't fathom why there are so many church leaders who are pressing back against this idea of home church when you find that it is the predominant illustration and example of the way that the New Testament church worshipped. They came together in homes and yet so many are pushing because we love our church buildings. We love the woke spiritualism of big screen TVs and, and, and concert-like settings that we, we attend. And it all about the new paths. I suggest, according to Jeremiah, we go back and we follow the ancients. Number two, as we're tying into this idea of there was a new guy in town, but he didn't know Joseph. And that's why we're going to see pedal ahead in the book of Exodus. We're going to see all the plagues and eventually that culminate in the loss of the firstborn because this guy was so stubborn. He was so woke back in the day and full of himself going the new paths that he forgot that the whole reason Egypt has thrived up to this point is because of God through Joseph. The second point is follow the ancient. And not follow the, well, yeah, we need to do that. Follow the ancient, but also hear the ancients. This is the guy we don't want to follow. Then King Rehoboam. Now, you might recall who Rehoboam was. There's two kings uh, as the, the, the divided kingdom takes place. you got Rehoboam and Jeroboam, okay? Well, Rehoboam, he's, he seeks counsel from the old fellas, and he seeks counsel from the young fellas. And then it says he abandoned the counsel of the old men that the old men gave him. He took the counsel of the young men, the woke, and he, who had grown up with him, and he stood uh, before him, and, and who had stood before him. Sorry for the problem reading there. So essentially, he's going to say, ah, I like the ideas. And these guys, I grew up with these guys. I, you know, I like these fellas. I'm going to go with the woke. I'm going to go with the, the new generation. And so he took the counsel of the new generation. And guess what happens right on the horizon of this? Continue to read. And you're going to find out that the kingdom splits. The kingdom divides as you continue to read in the context. And so we find that here is a, a, a living example, kind of like the first one, in the book of Jeremiah, where they were told, 
what they needed to do. Jeremiah says, look for the ancient paths, but they said, we're not going to do it. Here we find in the book of 1 Kings 12, Rehoboam knew that he should look for the ancient paths, the old wiser men, but he doesn't do it. So he follows the younger men and the kingdom splits. Here the end. Don't just follow them, but listen to what they have to say. And then number three, imitate the ancients. As we now skip to the New Testament, we find in, in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 7 a reference to our leaders. Now, it doesn't specifically say here that these are older men, but if you were to flip to Titus chapter 2 and other places such as that, you find that that's exactly the illustration that is often being given, is that we need to follow those who are older. Why do we have elders if they are not to be elders? Older. Because they've gone down the path ahead of us. Okay, And some of them chose the right paths. And so we can know by their family that they got a good family, uh, been faithful to one woman, they, they've got children who are believing. Because of their path that they have chosen, we can recognize that they are wise individuals for staying on the ancient paths. And so we follow those individuals. And they're elders because they're older. Well, the same thing is true here. Remember your leaders, and I think by way of implication, he's talking about older individuals, those who are ancient, if you will. Remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the words of God. And then he says this, consider the outcome of their way of life. Now, that's very important because we've got a lot of leaders, in fact, most leaders, who when you consider the outcome of their way of life, you say to yourself, I don't want to end up like them. They've been through multiple divorces. Their children aren't faithful. You know, on and on you go. I don't want to be like them. That's why they are not qualified to be elders of the church, shepherds of the flock. Okay, We consider the outcome of their way of life, and if we consider it and we say, they've had successful life, specifically with regards to their family, then we are told to imitate their faith. Which brings us, of course, to our last point. Advice from the ancients, then, imitate the ancients. If they got it right, they're older and they're ahead of you, and they've chose the right trails and they've done the right things, those are the ones we need to follow. I once was counseling a young lady who was thinking about divorcing her husband. And every time she would come and we'd talk and we'd pray and we'd study, <clears throat> by the time she left, I, I thought I had pretty well convinced her that God wanted her to stay with her husband to get this thing worked out. Problem was, we met about once a week, the problem was that during the week she'd go out and she'd spend time with her favorite friend. And her favorite friend was undermining everything that I was saying through prayer and Bible study. Come to find out her favorite friend had been, bought, had been divorced multiple times. <laughs> so she would go on out and she was taking the advice of somebody who walked the path unsuccessfully, continued to not choose the right path. But she was taking, as I remember the story right, the lady who I was counseling actually ended up getting a divorce because she was the foolish individual, like in the book of Jeremiah, like in the book of 1 Kings, and like in the book of Hebrews, if he turned it upside down, she was following the wrong folks. Consider the outcome of their way of life. This woman who's given me advice has been had multiple divorces. She probably doesn't have a lot of marriage advice to give that's going to be successful. So don't follow her. But that lady did. Consider the way of their life and then imitate their faith if they have been successful. So back to our three points. Advice from the ancients, follow us, honor us, imitate us. 
Now back to our passage, Exodus chapter 1 and verse 8. The whole reason we preach this sermon by way of application is because what we're going to see is that the next few chapters bring nothing but tragedy to the nation of Egypt because they had a new leader who refused to acknowledge the past. He didn't know Joseph. Now listen, Egyptians were grand on record keeping. He could have known Joseph. Egyptians were big on keeping history. It was not beyond this new king to find out about Joseph. But because he wanted to go the woke way, he refused to find out about Joseph, and he's going to lose his nation. By the end of this story, with regards to this particular king, Egypt's going to be decimated. They're going to leave, the Israelites are going to leave town, carrying all kinds of riches with them, but as they leave town, they're going to be hearing the screams and the cries of po folks back in town who just lost their firstborn because this woke individual would not honor the ancient paths. He didn't follow, he didn't honor, he didn't imitate those of the ancient paths. Let me encourage us in the church to look back over our shoulder and recognize the true heroes of the faith, individuals who honored the ancient paths, one example, of course, is those who honored home church because they recognized that in home church, we don't just save God's money for being invested in bricks and mortar. We also invest in the family. If we could do that, if we would do that, imagine how we could reclaim not just the family, but we, we could reclaim the real efforts of the church to change the world. Follow the ancients, honor the ancients, imitate the ancients. Here are the five questions we attempted to cover. I think we did a pretty good job. You got them?